0: this is the everything ev podcast by ev powered
1: hello and welcome to another episode of the everything ev podcast the podcast dedicated to everything electric i'm your host charlie atkinson and in these episodes we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel so whether it be cars bikes boats or even planes we'll have it covered We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. Earlier this week I travelled down to Brackley in Northamptonshire for the launch of Osprey Charging's new EV Charging Hub. This hub is Osprey's first accessibly designed charging site which scored 4.4 out of 5 from industry body ChargeSafe. ChargeSafe and its founder Kate Tyrrell appeared on the Everything EV podcast just a few weeks ago to discuss the story behind the company and what it hopes to achieve. We'll catch up with Kate again later on in this episode, but first, I spoke to Ian Johnston, the CEO of Osprey Charging, to find out more about the charging site, the challenges of making a site fully accessible, and Osprey's plans for the future.
0: I think, so the site is significant for a number of reasons. Um, Firstly, before we get to accessibility, this has been a a site we've had live with Marston's for a number of years. It's got two 50 kilowatt chargers over there. So to take a site from being a a two charger site into a, a, a large charging hub is a real step up in our relationship with Marston's. We're building. Uh, Seven of these today, there's many more of these to come across the UK from Lot Lomond into into North Wales so this is really now our relationship with Marston stepping up to meet the demand for public charging that there is in the UK so that's that's the first thing that's exciting. From an accessibility perspective um, we've always had a a core purpose really to be the most open network we can be Um, and accessibility of course is integral to that. Um, You can't deliver a site like this uh, with great accessibility without the buying from your host, um, because it does require more space and a lot more flexibility within the site. So again, uh, this is a a design we're rolling out on all of our hubs now, but indeed we're taking these elements into our smaller compact sites too. So, I mean, the the site has been assessed by ChargeSafe uh, and is currently the the, the top rated site for accessibility in the UK. And there's some very specific elements that that go into that. But if you get one of them wrong, you can render the site completely inaccessible to many drivers in the UK. So the first thing's about about the space you're giving people. So for drivers that have mobility aids, you need to give them the space to get out the vehicle, to set up the mobility aid, uh, and then to move around the vehicle with space. The second thing then is approaching the charger. So what you can't have is charge points where, uh, you you know, where there's a step or a curb that prevents you using the charge point. You then move into uh, the actual choice of hardware. Um, At Osprey, you know, we're very particular in the chargers that we use because we care so much about the user experience. So it's about the screen height, uh, the payment device, and then critically the the cable management system as well. And we've got this amazing kind of futuristic looking cable management system. But the most important part really is the fact that you can use and move this cable around with just a a single hand as well. We've always had this, this mission to be the most open network in the UK. Um, and we're always pushing ourselves to do to do more and more with every new site to make it a better experience. Um, We've known Kate for a long time she's clearly been a big advocate for EV ownership for many years but when we heard her plans for ChargeSafe we said this is simply something we must be the launch partner of. Uh, Our team have a a relentless focus to to improve the customer experience but ChargeSafe really provides a, a formal validation of how well we're doing um, and I think as, as amazing it, as it is that we can stand here today and say great we've delivered the best site, we now want to better our score each time but what's equally as important is looking at the worst site in the network. So we're going to go back to all of our sites now and see what can we do to affect the layout, to change the hardware, uh, to make these sites more accessible. So it, it's look, it's, uh, we're holding up a, a magnifying glass to our network in a big way and it's um, we're, we're gonna put ourselves under more pressure to continue to make things better. Many of the hubs we're gonna build going forward are, are gonna be sites where we have bought the land. So we, we're in complete control, and we can do whatever we want with the elements within it, which is fantastic. But 99% of the charging infrastructure in the UK, from all charging networks, is on a, a leased or tenanted basis, with a retailer or another landlord host. So when that's the case, the ability to deliver something like this depends on the trust and the relationship with the partner. Um, clearly with Marston's, we've had a relationship for four years now, delivered some fantastic sites. Uh, and we're very lucky across our landlord base to have partners who are open to, uh, to trusting our expertise to do the right thing. But in many cases, you know, parking spaces in a retail park or a supermarket, they're prized assets. And it's, it's a very hard commercial decision for those hosts when you're saying, look, we're gonna remove 16 charging bays and we're gonna give you eight charging bays. It's, it's a hard commercial conversation. There are often planning restrictions on the number of parking bays that should be allowed. Um, so it's not simple to deliver this, but I think with expertise and understanding and with some, some help, from government policies now, we can hope to see a lot more sites like this going forward. I think there's some great work going on with the new PAS standards around accessibility to sites. I think the problem is though, as I say, because in most cases today, the the end product will be determined by the host, that's why I think the standards need to go further and I think you know that, that the obligation needs to be placed upon the host you know if you want to enjoy the benefits of having EV charging in your site then you should have to deliver it to a minimum standard which is around uh, safety and accessibility so again we're lucky to have great partners who will work with us and trust us in terms of safety security lighting etc um, but I think the standards need to keep rising in the UK to make sure that this is the norm and not you know an ex- uh, um, you know, uh, one example of what it could be like. We've got uh, this is the the first of three hubs we're launching in the next ten days. Uh, I think we've got another 19 in construction today. So you know, the plan is that the network, which is around 320 charges today, we hope to be around 650 by year end, uh, and then by 1200 end of next year. So we just keep doubling the size of the network, more and more hubs, um, and uh, continue to to improve the experience that drivers are having in the UK to help that transition to electric vehicles. That's, that's the plan, and that's what we're going to do.
1: I also spoke to Kate Tyrrell, the co-founder of ChargeSafe, to find out exactly why this site scored so highly, where the site can improve, and what the future has in store for ChargeSafe.
2: Great, so first we're gonna look at the safety of the environment. So what we're looking for here is security cameras, which we've got on both of these lamp posts over here that are covering the charges. We also look for lighting, we look for um, the chargers to be easily identifiable upon entering the car park or with clear signage just to where they are. Now as you drive through towards the Paisley Pair, they are clear. You can clearly see these are the charge points. They look like massive aliens. They've got the big old spring-loaded arms coming out of the top of them. So that's on the environment. For facilities, we're looking for the facilities to be close by. So here you've got the paisley pear right over there. You also have a drive-through coffee place over there. We can't name them, um, but they are there. So you've got two different facilities from this site, which is great because it means, in the worst sense of things, if I screened, somebody should hopefully hear me, as awful as that sounds. So that's facilities for safety. Then you've got functionality for safety. So is it simple to pay for your charge is it simple to plug in and to get away. So here we've got the payment is a universal contactless payment facility, absolutely spot on, that gets you a five star straight away. Um, We are looking for accessibility for the environmental factors, we are looking at the charge point design, so how uh, wide are the parking bays. So here what they've actually done is your standard size is 2.4 metres, we are saying you need 1.2 metres between the parking bays to make them accessible. Osprey have been a bit extra, they've actually given us 1.6 metres between the parking bays which is amazing, so it just means that you can definitely get down the side of the vehicle to the charge point to plug in with these and what they've done is by top and tailing these chargers here they've made it so that you can access the charge point whether you reverse in or or drive into the parking bay and also they are diagonally placed so here it just means that I can access this much easier than I could if it was facing the front or facing the back so it's just those small little bits of attention to detail that really help things along here. Um, environmental factors as well, these are as close to road level access as you're going to be able to get with the bollards in front of them so there's no chunky curb to have to try and climb up in order to get to the charge point. Um, it's clearly uniformed, so you can see which are the, the, the marked based to park in um, and which is the area to, to be able to, to get out of the vehicle and, and to travel around the charge point units. Um, facilities we are looking for support or assistance to be able to come out and help somebody plugging in if they're unable to leave their vehicle. Um, At this site currently that's not a facility that's available but it would be the thing that would make it an absolute five-star site Um, so it's worth mentioning for that that purpose. Also any nearby facilities must be um, accessible so that's something else we look at and then on the functionality side of things it's the actual charge point itself so is there uh, cable management systems in place that are going to make that weight less of a burden to the person using it they're going to be able to take the the plug out of the socket nice and easily and plug in Um, can they access the screen or the the components so the buttons in order to make the charge point start working that's that's what we're looking for here functionality, um, facilities and environment. This site fell down for um, a couple of things with the remote digital platform. Um, which actually most network providers aren't facilitating right now, which is uh, voice audio instructions um, and things for, for you know those who have sight issues. Or, um, and what else was it? The, the component buttons on this particular machine, these are too high um, for somebody from a, a seated position to be able to reach up to. Otherwise, everything else falls into those measurements so it was just a couple of things that we had to mark them down and we were so so close but yeah um, Osprey now have that feedback They, they can see the 60 plus point inspection broken down into individual segments so that they know exactly where to spend their money to improve that site. So at the moment doing the formal, in the 60 plus point inspections it is just me right now but we are publicly crowdsourcing data using over 100 contributors who are doing the, the more simplified 10 point inspection. So what that enables them to do is to look at is there lighting, is there security cameras, is the uh, bay, does the bay appear to be um, accessible in that it's, it's wider than the average bay. Um, uh, are there facilities nearby like the, so the yeah the the real priorities and if it scores less than a three star on that then it will flag up for an inspector i me uh, for the time being to go out and do a formal assessment on that site so that's done via a, a mobile web portal where i rock up i get my phone out i log in um, I fill out the inspection, it takes less than five minutes for me to do a 63 point inspection. I get my tape measure out and measure all the things, so you know, is this between 800 millimetres and a thousand millimetres in height from the ground, um, all those really specific measurements, um, and then and then it's done. Um, so that's, that's what I do, but for uh, anybody who's charging, they go in, they log in, they answer the 10 questions. Um, <laughs> and they get points and achievements for it. So like that's where the whole gamification piece comes in. You know, you you do your inspection, you earn points, those points equals prizes somewhere along. Yeah, (laughs) points means prizes, somewhere further along um, in the game. But yeah, the the information is just so, so valuable to us to understand how does the UK really look in terms of its safety and accessibility. And for us, that's just a snapshot of it, you know? Um, So yeah, well, hopefully we'll be growing very soon. Um, We need to get some inspectors hired uh, and out there doing the job (laughs) I'm currently doing on my own. Uh, But yeah, it's an exciting time.
1: That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. For daily news coverage, features and much more, you can also head over to evpowered.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode of the Everything EV podcast.